There he goes. One of God's own prototypes. A high-powered mutant of some kind never even considered for mass production. Too weird to live, and too rare to die. Welcome to episode 12 of the Digital Freemason Podcast for January 16th, 2006. I'm your host, Scott, and I'll be taking you along on my journey through the world of short Masonic educational papers. Many of these papers have been presented in my lodge, King George Lodge, number 59, in Calgary, Canada. If you have any other pieces of Masonic education that you feel might be useful in this podcast, please feel free to email them to me. As well, if you have any ideas, thoughts, or feedback, my email address is podcast at kinggeorgelodge.com. I look forward to hearing from you as we journey through the world of digital Masonic education. Today's piece comes from Joseph Newton, the author of last week's piece on So Mote It Be. This piece is simply entitled Secrecy and deals with the secrecy of Freemasonry, but also with the concept of secrecy in our daily lives. So without any further fanfare, let's jump right into this week's Masonic education piece. An old Greek philosopher, when asked what he regarded as the most valuable quality to win and the most difficult to keep, replied, to be secret and silent. If secrecy was difficult in the olden time, it is doubly difficult today. In the loud and noisy world in which we live, where privacy is almost unknown. Secrecy is, indeed, a priceless but rare virtue, so little effort is made to teach and practice it. The world of today is a whispering gallery where everything is heard, a hall of mirrors where nothing is hid. In the ancients worshipped a god of silence, we seem about to set up the altar to the god of gossip. So one has said that if Freemasonry did not more than train its men to preserve sacredly the secrets of others confided to them as such, except where a higher duty demands disclosure, it would be doing a great work, and one which not only justifies its, its existence, but entails it to respect of mankind. Anyway, no, no Mason needs to be told the value of secrecy. Without it, Masonry would cease to exist or else become something so different from what it is as it is not to be recognizable. For that reason, if no other, the very first lesson taught a candidate and impressed upon him at every turn its unforgettable ways is the duty of secrecy. Yet, strictly speaking, masonry, masonry is not a secret society, if by that we mean a society whose very existence is hidden. Everybody knows that the Masonic fraternity exists, and no effort has been made to hide that fact. Its organization is known, its temples stand in our cities, its members are proud to be known as Masons. Anyone who may obtain from the records of Grand Lodge, if not from the printed reports of the Lodge, the names of the members of the craft. Nor can it be truly said that Masonry has any secret truths to, toll, to be taught. Unknown to the best wisdom of the race, most of the talk about esoteric Masonry misses the mark. When the story is told that only secrets turn out to be some odd theory, some fanciful philosophy, of no real importance. The wisdom of masonry is hidden, not because it's subtle, but because it is simple. Its, secret, its secrets are profound, not obscure. As in mathematics, there are primary figures, and in music fundamental notes, upon which everything rests. So masonry is built upon the broad, deep, lofty, lofty truths upon which life itself stands. It lives, moves, and has its being in those truths. There are mysteries, indeed, as life and duty and death are mysteries. To know them is to be truly wise, and to teach them 
in their full import is the ideal of which Masonry aims. Masonry, then, is not a secret society. It is a private order. In the quiet of the tiled lodge, shut away from the noise and clatter of the world, in an air of reverence and friendship, it teaches us that truths that make us men, upon which faith and character must rest, if they are to endure the wind and weather of life. So rare is its utter simplicity, that to many it is as much a secret as though it were hid behind a sevenfold veil, or buried in the depths of the earth. What is secret in masonry? The method of its teachings, the atmosphere it creates, the spirit it breathes into our hearts, and the tie it spins and weaves between man and man, in other words, the lodge and its ceremonies and obligations, its signs, tokens, and words, its power to evoke what is the most secret and hidden in the hearts of men. No one can explain how this is done. We only know that it is done, and guarded as a priceless treasure, that method by which it is wrought. It is the fashion of some to say that our ceremonies, signs, and tokens are of little value. But that is not true. They are of profound importance, and we cannot too carefully protect them from abuse. The famous eulogy of the signs and tokens of masonry by Benjamin Franklin was not idle eloquence. It is justified by the facts, and ought to be known and remembered. And there he, as Benjamin Franklin says, These signs and tokens are of no small value. They speak a universal language, and act as a passport to the attention and support of the initiated in all parts of the world. They cannot be lost, so long as memory retains its power. Let the possessor of them be expatriated, shipwrecked, or imprisoned. Let him be stripped of everything he has got in this world. Still, these credentials remain, and are available for use as circumstances require. The great effect which they have produced are established by the most incontestable facts of history. They have stayed the uplifted hand of the destroyer. They have softened the asperities of the tyrant. They have mitigated the horrors of captivity. They have subdued the rancor of malevolence, and have broken down the barriers of political animosity and secretarian alienation. On the battlefield, in the solitude of the uncultivated forests, or in the busy haunts of the crowded city, there have been men made of the most hostile feelings and the most distant religions and the most diversified conditions, rush to the aid of each other and feel a social joy and satisfaction that they have been able to afford relief to a brother Mason. What is equally true and no less valuable is that in, or in the ordinary walks of everyday life they unite men and hold them together in a manner uniquely and holy. They open a door out of the loneliness into which every man lives. They form a tie uniting us to the men of the craft everywhere and enable us to help one another and others in a way that too many that are too many to name and count. They form a network of fellowship, friendship, and fraternity around the world. They add something lovely and fine to the life of each one of us, without which we should be poor indeed. Still, let us never forget that it is the spirit of life that gives. The letter alone is empty. An old home means a thousand beautiful things to those who were brought up into it. Its very scenery and setting are sacred. The ground on which it stands is holy. But if a stranger buys it, these sacred things mean nothing to him. The spirit is gone. The glory has faded. Just so with our lodge. If it were open to the curious gaze of the world, its beauty would be blighted, its power gone. The secrecy of Freemasonry, like the secret of life, can be known only to those who seek it, serve it, 
and live it. It cannot be uttered. It cannot be felt and acted. It is, in fact, an open secret, and each man knows it's according to his quest and capacity. Like all the things most worth knowing, no one can know it for another, and no one can know it alone. It is known only in fellowship, but by the touch of a life upon life, spirit upon spirit, knee to knee, breast to breast, and hand in hand. For that reason, no one needs to be alarmed about any book written to expose masonry. It is utterly harmless. The real secret of masonry cannot be learned by prying eyes or curious inquiry. We do well to protect the privacy of the lodge, but the secrecy of masonry can be known only to those who are ready and worthy to receive it. Only a pure heart and an honest mind can know it. Others seek it in vain and never know it. Though they be, they be adepted all the signs and tokens of every right and rank in the craft. Indeed, so far from trying to hide its secret, masonry is all the time trying to give it to the world, in a way in which it can be given, through a certain quality of soul, character, which it labors to create and build up, to the making of men, helping to self-discovery and self-development, all the offices of masonry are dedicated. It is a quarry in which the rough stones of manhood are polished for use and beauty. If masonry uses the illusion of secrecy, it is because it knows that it is the nature of man to seek what is hidden and desire what is forbidden. Even God hides from us, that in, that in seeking him amid the shadows of life we may find both him and ourselves. The man who does not care enough for God to seek him will never find him, though he is not far from any one of us. One who looks at masonry in this way will find that his Masonic life is a great adventure. It is a perpetual discovery. There is something new at every turn, something new in himself. Life deepens with years, something new in masonry as its meaning unfolds. The man who finds its degrees tedious and its ritual a rigmarole only betrays the measure of his own mind. If a man knows God and man to, to the utmost, even masonry has nothing to teach him. As a fact, the wisest man knows very little. The way is dim, and no one can see very far. We are seekers after truth, and God has so made us that we cannot find the truth alone, but only in the love and the service of our fellow men. Here is the real secret, and to life it is to have the key to the meaning and joy of life. Truth is not a gift, it is a trophy. To know it, we must be true. To find it, we must seek. To learn it, we must be humble. And to keep it, we must have a clear mind, a courageous heart, and the brotherly love to use it in the service of man. So there it is, Joseph Newton's thoughts on secrecy. Considering it was written well, almost a hundred years ago, it uh, sure strikes truth when he talks about the amount that people have trouble keeping their, uh, their secrets to themselves, and more importantly, their friends' secrets to themselves when entrusted as such seems it doesn't matter where you turn nowadays it's uh, everyone's looking forward to passing on your dirty laundry or your your good fortune and nobody knows how to keep their mouth shut so and maybe that's what the whole world of podcasting is nobody knows how to keep their mouth shut be that as it may be i hope that i've been able to keep you somewhat entertained with my inability to keep my mouth shut in regards to masonic education and I just want to say thank you very much to those people who as well have been unable to keep their mouths and or their keyboards quiet with all the feedback I've been getting. It's been really uh, spectacular to see all the people throughout the world that have been listening to this and the correspondence that has come from 
the U.S. from Great Britain as well as uh, as Italy, and taking a look at people that are visiting the website. I see that we're getting hits from pretty much every populated country in the world. So that makes me feel good and makes me feel nice that you're out there listening. And I hope we'll be getting more pins on our little Frapper World Pin Cushion Map that we have up on our website, www.kingeorgelodge.com. Please feel free to drop by and, and put your little pin on there, and our community is growing. We haven't really been pushing that, uh, but we've already got, I think, 18 pins up there. Well, one of them being my own. But regardless of that, we'll uh, like to see that keep growing, and any comments or suggestions you have for further podcasts, I'd be more than uh, happy to hear from them. Again, my email address is podcast at kinggeorgelodge.com. I look forward to hearing from you, and for the next week, I wish you all the best.